president of the National Jewish Fellowship, and I know I'm biased, but I think he's the man for the season, that he really is the person that, that God has chosen for, for this hour. Uh, it, it just His personality and everything is just what the NGF needed at this moment. So, um, And he has a word for us tonight, so open your hearts to receive. Amen. Baruch Hashem. Praise the Lord. Um, the best part of the NJF is being part of the wonderful men and women uh, within the assemblies of God that have dedicated their entire lives to reach our Jewish people. And um, that means a lot to me, and that should mean a lot to you, that people have laid down their lives so that Israel could see the Messiah. And to be around, what I love about the, the National Jewish Fellowship, it's an opportunity where we come together, you know, and people in ministry, and especially Jewish ministry, need to be refreshed. I need a, t- a little downtime to recharge, and uh, it's always a wonderful time to be around folks that have dedicated their lives, who love Yeshua, and love the Jewish people, and have poured decades into reaching them. And um, uh, it's just a privilege for me uh, to be uh, a part of the National Jewish Fellowship and to be the president. um, I just trust that God will use whatever I, uh, you know, am and whatever I bring to the table to encourage uh, folks in their um, ministries toward the Lord. So let's just bow our hearts and ask God to speak to us. I believe I have a word from heaven for us. And uh, God wants to encourage us. He wants to uh, empower us. He wants to even challenge us tonight. And uh, he ultimately wants to bless us because he loves us. So let's pray. Elohei Avraham, Elohei Yitzhak, Elohei Yaakov, B'Shem Yeshua Mishikenu. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, we come before you and ask for you to speak to our hearts tonight, to encourage us, to change us, to empower us. Abba, that you would turn our situations around. Father, that we would be equipped to go forth and slay the giants that stand in the way of your promises in our lives. Father, we ask that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to perceive, and the will to obey your word tonight. We ask it in Yeshua's name and God's people said, Amen. Today, as I was sought the Lord as to what to speak, I went to the Parsha for this week, and the Lord spoke to me concerning um, what he would have me to tell you. The Parsha is entitled Shalach, and um, it's about when Moshe was in the Paran Desert, and he sent... Twelve men from the tribes of Israel into, don't you love this word? I love this translation, to reconnoiter the land, to investigate the land of Canaan. And the twelve spies, they go into the land, and Moshe gave them instructions to go into the land, see if it's a good land, see if the land is a fertile land, bring back some fruit from the land, Tell us if the cities are fortified or, or if they are open. Go and see if the people in the land are uh, you know, strong or, uh, or, or whatnot. And so the 12 spies go into the land of Canaan. 
and they spend 40 days in the land. And it wasn't a 40-day tour um, like we would like to go on perhaps, but it was 40 days checking out the promised land. And after 40 days, they come back and they report back to Moshe. We know this story. Ten of the 12 said, yeah, it's a good land flowing with milk and honey, but there's giants in the land. The land devours its inhabitants. It's a good land, but I don't suggest that we go up and try to take it. It won't end well. But two of the spies, Kalev and Yehoshua, said, no, we need to go up and take the land. I believe God has given us the land. That's our story. That's what takes place in two chapters, and I encourage you read it. I believe that we have an opportunity before us I see a parallel. They were told to go and possess the promised land. Ultimately, we've been given promises. We have opportunity before us concerning the promises of God. Our response to the promises of God will affect our future. God's given you great promises. How you respond to those promises determines your future. This partial serves to encourage us to trust God even in the face of seemingly insurmountable odds. Wearsby said, faith enables us to understand what God does. Faith enables us to see what others cannot see. As a result, faith enables us to do what others cannot do. Bamid Bar Numbers 13, 1 and 2 says, Adonai said to Moshe, send men on your behalf, to reconnoiter, investigate the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. Hear what he says. Go investigate the land that I am giving them. I have two quick points tonight, or two points, maybe not so quick. And the first is our response to God's promise. As I read this Parsha, I see a parallel that we should be careful not to ignore. God told them that they would possess the promised land of Canaan. It says in Shemot 3 and 17, I have said that I will lead you up out of the misery of Egypt to the land of the Canaani, Hitti, Emori, Perizzi, the Hivi, and the Yevusi, to a land flowing with milk and honey. God gave them a promise just like he has given us a promise and a mandate. He told us to go to Israel first and then the nations. We are to go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and then to everyone else. For all Israel to be saved, all Israel must be engaged with the good news of Yeshua. Amen? God has told us that the harvest is white, ripe. Our response to that truth will determine our future and our success. 
As you read through the Parsha, it becomes evident, why did God tell them to go investigate the land that he already promised is theirs? Why would he say that? He said the land is theirs, it's yours. But he says, go investigate it. In scripture, we know 40 is a season of testing. So he sends the men in for 40 days to check it out. And the whole time, God is testing to see what was in their heart. And God is always testing us to see what's in our heart. How will we respond to the things that he spoke to us? God knew it was a good land. God knew he was giving them the land. But yet God was testing them. He wanted to see, would they have a heart full of faith? Or a heart full of unbelief. And, and God gets the answer in verse 27 and 28 of chapter 13. And it says this. What they told Moshe was this. We entered the land where you sent us and indeed it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. Remember they had to carry it between two, uh, two men on a pole. However, the people living in the land are fierce, and the cities are fortified and large. Moreover, we saw the Anakim there. We can't attack these people because they are stronger than we are. And they spread a negative report about the land that they had reconnoitered or investigated. For the people of Israel saying, they said to the people, they soiled their spirit. They said, the land we passed through in order to spy it out as a land that devours its inhabitants, all the people we saw there were giant. Giants. Nephilim. Fallen ones. People I don't want to really engage. They're scary, intimidating. But the land does flow with milk and honey. Your promise is there. There's a giant in the way, though. They said, here's the fruit. But. And they proceeded to tell Moshe all the reasons why they couldn't take the land that he promised them. God, I believe all Israel will be saved, but. It's too difficult. God, I believe we don't have the money, God. God, I believe you could help me, but I'm too far gone. God, I know you're my healer, but the doctor report said it's incurable. You see, all the challenges that they brought up to Moshe were true, were real. They were real giants. They were formidable. They weren't just giants, not just Anakim or Nephilim, but also all the other enemies of the people of God were in the land. They were there. The cities were fortified. It was challenging, difficult. That was real. Just like the things that stand between us and the promises God has spoken to us are real. But that's the thing. Unbelief sees giants. 
fortifications and impossibilities, while faith sees the fruit of the land and the greatness of God to take it. That's just the way it is. And the question is, do you have faith in your heart? Or do you just see the giants? Are you intimidated to go and possess the promises of God? Are you afraid to take it or do you shrink back? Unbelief says we can't, even though God says we can. So what does faith see? In verse 30, it tells us what faith sees. Kalev silenced the people around Moshe and said, we ought to go up immediately and take possession of the land. There is no question we can conquer it. There's no question that we could take it. There's no question God is going to deliver it into our hands. There's no question that God's promises are true. There's no question God is going to come through for me. No question. Let's go. He was ready to go. He was in the same land the other ten were in. He saw the same giants, the same intimidation, the same fortifications, and he was stoked. Let's go. Let's go take it. Let's go, boys. Rally the troops. Let's go get them. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be awesome and powerful to see God do what I know he could do. That's faith speaking. How many people love Israel here? It was made possible by people with that kind of faith. The reason we have a story to read is because Kalev said, let's go, boys, let's take them down. God is powerful. The God we serve split the sea. The God we serve could conquer any, any enemy that would stand before us. Any problem, nothing too difficult. Friends in your life, workers in Jewish ministry, you don't have funds, you don't have help. I heard it so far, and in three days you need workers, you need money. Doesn't matter. God is able to do it. If we believe him and trust him to do it. In your families, you need healing, you need provision. You need miracles. God is able to do it. Believe him for it. Don't shrink back. Don't say, well, my family's been like this for so long, it's not going to change. No, believe God will change it. Believe God can do it. I love Kalev. Don't you? See, he silenced them because a negative report, which is a report that contradicts what God says. Too often we say things and repeat things that contradict what God says. Right? God said, when he hung on the tree, Yeshua said, it's finished. I paid all your debts. Healed all your forgave all your sins, healed all your disease. That's what he said. That's what he did. We contradict it. Because what we feel in our body. Yeah, what you feel is real. Yes, it's real. The giants are real. 
The giants are in the land. They stand between you, you and the promise. Absolutely. They're big. They're intimidating. They're mean. Yes, they are. But God could take them down. Yes, the things that we sense are real, but God is greater. A negative report contradicts what God says. It's a cancer that works through an entire community. God's view of unbelief, he views unbelief as opposition to him. When we fail to agree with the things God has spoken, then by default we stand in opposition to God. We oppose God by not believing what God said. Those ten spies said, I I heard what you said, God. I don't agree. Were they right? No, they were wrong. Just make a suggestion. Don't disagree with God. George Mueller said this, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. And in chapter 14, it gives us more information about what Kalev said. The land we pass through in order to spy it out is an outstandingly good land. Adonai, if he is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Just don't rebel against Adonai. Don't rebel against him. Don't disagree with him. Don't say the giants are going to stop you. Don't say the problem's too big. Don't rebel against him, he says. Agree with God. Say that out loud. God, I agree with you. Amen. I love that he's like, I feel feel him pleading. With the children of Israel, I feel him pleading with us. Just don't rebel against God. Whatever you do, guys, just don't rebel against God. And don't be afraid of the people living in the end. Living in the land, what is it? We'll eat them up. Caleb must have been a football player or something. We'll eat them up. We'll tear them down. Their defense has been taken away from them, and Adonai is with us. Don't be afraid of them. Don't you love people of faith? There is no question, he said, that we can realize the promises of God, the harvest of Jewish souls. There's no question. The Jewish harvest is going to come. It's going to come with us or without us, just like it would come with or without the ten spies. God was going to give Israel that land Period. Nothing was going to stop that from happening. The the question is, will you be in on it? Are you going to be in on the great harvest? I love love, um, Dr. Gannon's newsletter, All Israel Will Be Saved. All Israel, for all Israel. All Israel, okay, our Jewish people, Robert, are going to have a revival. We're going to see them reached and come to Messiah 
tens and thousands of our Jewish people accepting the Messiah of Israel. That is going to happen. The question is, is it going to happen with us? Or is God going to have to find someone else who's going to believe what he said? I prefer that it happens with us, don't you? The healing of our bodies, the provision for our families, there's no question God will do it. I agree with God. He said, by his stripes I am healed. He says, I will supply all your needs according to my glorious riches. That's what he says. What do you say to the promises of God, whether it's ministry or for your family? Do we say the promise of salvation for our Jewish people? What do we say to that? Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the unwavering confession of hope. For he who promised is what? He who promises? Faithful. He's faithful. I want to proclaim to you tonight that God is faithful. We need to be confessing and agreeing with God. Are you confessing the promise or kvetching about the obstacles? I believe the, believe the reason that Kalev and Yehoshua were filled with faith is because they were focused on God and what he'd done. You see, when God was moving in, the, in Mitzrayim in Egypt and doing powerful signs and wonders and splitting the sea open, Kalev and Yehoshua were saying, wow, God is awesome. Oh, are you kidding me? Could you imagine? Wouldn't you think that's pretty awesome to see? And Kalev and Yehoshua were saying, well, who could stop us? Serve a God who says, okay, see open, and they walk on dry land, okay, and he does all this, the, the bitter water he made sweet. I'm looking, at, I'm looking out a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Are you joking me? God is powerful. They were focusing on God. The spies were focused on the giants. Those are some big boys, God. Some big boys. I don't think we could take them. You know, it says that all the promises of God are yes, and through us is spoken the amen. So be it. We say, we agree with the promises of God. We say, amen to God's promises. Yes, God, I believe you. I agree with your promise for my life. Are you agreeing with the promises of God for your life, for the miracles you need, for the giants that stand before you to fall, for the obstacles to be removed out of your way, for the healing of your body to be restored, for your body to be restored? Are you agreeing with God? You see, the promises of God must be affirmed by us. They must be affirmed by us. Some of us are waiting around for God to do something that we have to buy into. Kalev and Yehoshua bought in to the promise of God 100%. Absolutely, we could do it. Are you buying into the promises of God? For leaders of ministries, for leaders of families, what do you see and what do you say to the people who are following you concerning God's promises? What do you say to your family, to your children? 
oh, oh kids, it's too tough. We're going to have to just uh, bail on the promise of God. Or you're teaching your children, though, that God could do anything. What are you saying to the people who work in your ministry? That no, when the tough gets going, we're just going to have to find another way. Or you're saying, no, God is going to see us through. What example? Who are you agreeing with? Are you agreeing with the promise and confessing the promise? Or are you agreeing with your senses? And confessing what your eyes see and your ears hear. Caleb and Yehoshua didn't walk around saying the giants are big, the giants are strong, giants are powerful. They went around confessing that God is great, God is powerful, God is mighty, God can do it, God will do it. What are you saying? What's your response to the promises of God? Second thing I want to talk about is and let you know that God, after he gives you those promises, he's going to show you some giants. That's the part we don't like. He's going to show you the giants that stand in your way. God gives the promise, then he shows you the giants They're going to try to stop that fulfillment. Giants are big and scary. And all the feedback we get from our senses when we encounter them whether we encounter them in ministry or in our health or in our family, usually looks like it's impossible and we're doomed. Some of you are facing situations where it looks like it's impossible. Like you're doomed. I want to tell you this. Don't listen to your senses. Don't shrink back. The consequence of shrinking back in unbelief means that the promise is at best delayed and at worst it goes unfulfilled. The ten spies, their negative report and their lack of faith cost Israel 40 years in the wilderness. And do you know the ten spies died? struck down. One year for each of the 40 days they were in the land. But the faith of Kalev and Yehoshua was commended and they did enter the promised land. But what about the giants? Giants make you feel small and weak and unable to overcome. The giant of cancer scares people to death, right? People get a report like that and their hearts shrink, melt, fall. You get a report from a family member of a tragedy. Your heart sinks like a rock. That's what those things are meant to do in our lives. 
meant to intimidate us, meant to get us to stop pursuing the promises of God, to shrink back, to retreat, to pack our bags and go home. Don't bother reaching Jewish people. It's never going to happen. Listen, we've been in Jewish ministries a long time, a lot of us in this room. And we still say the same things. It's challenging. It's difficult. It's going to happen soon. I'm still believing. I'm still trusting. The enemy wants to keep you discouraged and show you that, hey, nothing's going to change, folks. You just spin in your wheels. That's what giants do. That's what the giant said to David, right? Are you kidding me, you little ruddy thing? You're coming to me with sticks and stones? I'm the great Goliath. I'm going to crush you and feed you to the birds of the air. And David says, are you kidding me? You big dope you? You're going to defy the armies of the living God? Are you crazy? Because today I'm going to have your head and and you're going to go down because God is powerful. What's wrong with you? That's the attitude of David. That's the attitude of faith. Friends, you need to be able to look the giants right and dead in the eye and say it doesn't matter how big, how bad, how awful it looks. God is so great and so mighty and so powerful that the promise cannot fail to happen. You hear me? The promises of God cannot, will not fail to happen in your ministry, in your life, in your body, if you dare to believe it. Please don't shrink back. Please don't shrink back. As leaders and people of God... Will we be those that believe and trust God while staring the giants dead in the face? In chapter 14 and 24, but my servant Caleb, because he had a different spirit with him and has followed me fully, him I will bring into the land. It will belong to his descendants. I really believe this with all my heart that we are at a crossroads. Are we going to believe God or shrink back? Are we going to believe God or shrink back? God has to, the people we admire, that we read about, that are successful in God, all believed him. It's not show me one that didn't believe God that we read about in a positive way. They all believed God. What do you say? Please, believe God. All things are possible with God. You might be facing a giant in your ministry, in your finances, or perhaps your health. The giants are real, but so is God. That's the the real point, isn't it? Giants are real, but God is real. How real is God to you? Is God real to you? Is God real to you? Not fake real, not religious real, not pretend real, not play real, 
Not read your Bible and he's real in the story. Is he real to you? Real to you. How real is God to you? That's what faith is. How real is God to you? He was real to Kalev. He was real to you. Real. The real living God. The real one that delivers and saves and is strong and mighty. That no one can stand before. That every knee will bow, every tongue confess. The real God. The one and only God. The one that can do anything at any time, in any way he wants to. That God. The God that says nothing is impossible. How real is God to you? Do you know how real God is to you? I'll tell you. To the degree you know God. That's how God how real God is to you, to the degree you know him. How well do you know him? Good news is you can know him more tonight. God's promised us things. All Israel will be saved. promised us things about our families and our loved ones. I know some of you, I know you, that you're believing for things. What then are we to say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare even his own son, but gave him up on behalf of us all. Is it possible that having given us his son, he would not give us everything else too? Is it possible? No. In all these things, we are super conquerors through the one who has loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor other heavenly rulers, neither what exists, nor what is coming, neither powers above, nor powers below, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which comes through the Messiah, Yeshua, our Lord. You see, the love of God includes the promises of God. Is it possible, having given us his son, he will not give us everything else too? No. No, it's not. No, that's not possible. That's not even remotely possible. God's going to give us everything else too. Every breakthrough you need, every provision you need, everything you need, every soul that you pray for, every family member in trouble, he's going to give you everyone. That's not possible that he's going to fail us. It's not even remotely possible. That's not even close. It's not even in the rear of your mirror. No, no, it's not possible. It's not possible. Absolutely not possible. It's going to happen. The promise is coming. God is moving. The Jewish people are coming to faith in Messiah. All Israel will be saved. Yes. That's happening. That's the only thing that can happen because God said it. There's no other option for you, for your family, for your loved one, for your health. There's no other option. Do you believe that? If you believe that, stand on your feet.
Just like God promised the land to Israel and brought them into that land flowing with milk and honey, he is bringing us into the fulfillment of all things that he promised to us. He's bringing us into the fulfillment of all things that he has promised to us. Amen? That should excite someone. He is bringing us into the fulfillment of all things. So let us be those that respond in faith. So we could go up and the next giant we see that we in confidence like David could say, there's no way that you're going to keep me from the promises of my God. And today you will be bowing before the God of Israel. Every soul I pray for is coming to faith in the Messiah. Every need that I have is going to be met. Every sickness is going to be healed because God is faithful to all his promises. Repeat after me, Lord Yeshua, I thank you that you are the all-powerful, almighty, all-loving, omnipotent God. God, I believe all your great and precious promises that you've made to me that are in your word are coming to pass in my life. In the name of Yeshua, Father, I thank you that every difficulty, every challenge, every hardship, every giant will fall before the name that is above every name, Yeshua HaMashiach. And I thank you, God, tonight that every promise will be realized For me, for my family, for my ministry, for our Jewish people. And I give you praise and glory and honor and dominion. Lord, be blessed. You are the great and mighty and awesome God. Father, we praise you. We love you. We adore you. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Give him a shout of victory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we just speak over every heart in this place. Father, we release, Lord God, your mercy, your grace, your compassion. The fires of heaven, God, would be ignited in every heart. Father, I pray, God, that you would, Lord, grant an impartation of supernatural faith into every life. Father, we rebuke doubt and unbelief and every negative word that it stands in between us and the promises of heaven. We rebuke and cast down every negative word. And Lord, tonight we choose to believe your great and precious promises in Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Stretch forth your hand. Say the ironic benediction. Shalom.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance and the presence of God be upon you. Father, we speak, Lord, your sweet shalom over your people. We speak the fire of heaven and the joy of the Lord to be their strength and their shield. Empower your people tonight, we pray, in a new and fresh way, in Yeshua's name. Amen. Be blessed. Thanks for coming, and uh, God bless you. Good night.